My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to episode 36. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing The Ring from 2002, which... Mm. This was interesting for me because I have not seen this since I was a young teenager, probably in the realm of like 13 or 14 years old. That's when I watched most of my horror yeah. and really got into it was around that middle school age. And I haven't seen this since then. So I knew about it and I knew what it was. I know the whole concept. I knew the imagery. And like as soon as I watched it, it all came flooding back yeah. to me. Like I've seen it, you know, a couple times. But I mean, we'll get into it, but definitely better when I was in middle school. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely, it's not one I've seen a billion times or often want to watch. Yeah. This was mostly on there because this is one of those cult following movies everybody loves. Yeah, and you know, especially since since your big thing is The Grudge, it's kind mm-hmm. of in a similar wheelhouse. Yeah, that's, um, there's only one part that even scares me, and it's right at the end when you see her eyes. And, and it stays and on her eye for a while. And she's crawling out of the TV, and yeah. that's Grudge-esque for yeah. me, and it creeps me out. But so it just calls back kinda, to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, like, okay, the first time you watch it, I could see being pretty into it, like, the yeah. story and everything, and the second time, you're just like, Meh. and then after that, it's just kind of like, for me, it loses its luster a little bit. Yeah. But I know a lot of people really love it, and they watch it over and over. It's kind of like one of those movies where we watch over and over on, like, Halloween in particular, in the month of October, where we just watch our favorites. Yeah. Not on my list, but in a lot of people's lists, and that's cool. Like, I'm not here to dog on anybody's horror preferences. Just, it's kind of passable for me. Yeah. But let's talk about it and, you know, have some thoughts, go through the walkthrough, and uh, maybe we'll find some, make some epiphanies <laughs> about things. In the beginning of this movie, there are two schoolgirls school talking about a videotape that kills you in a very kind of ghost story, melodramatic way. One of the girls' name is Becca, and she's the one that's actually talking about this tape, and the other girl's name is Katie. And Katie says she watched it and is all spooked because the other friend you know, Becca didn't know she watched it. She had just kind of heard this through the grapevine. And it was a week ago tonight, Katie said. And then Katie starts gagging and acting like she's dying. And of course, it's a joke. But then the phone rings and then all of a sudden it's serious. And Becca's like, there really is a tape. You know, she's mm-hmm. like asking, like, there really is a tape, isn't there? So Becca picks up the phone and just hears this like gross kind of panting. And then she hands the phone to Katie and it's like her mom. So this is very signature of the 2000s. And even sometimes into today, they build up the suspense and then it breaks with like it being like a squirrel or a raccoon or yeah. uh, or like the mom's on the phone and just exactly. wasn't talking Those for a second. stupid jump scares that aren't actually worth it. Yeah. And then uh, when she hangs up, Katie sees the TV and the living room turn on. And it's just static. So she turns it off, but of course it turns back on. And then she unplugs it and the fridge opens on its own. So all this shit starts happening. That. Yeah. And there's water upstairs. So she's going upstairs and she sees all this standing water and it's coming from under a door. And she walks in and she sees a staticky well on the TV. And then she gets got. <laughs> yeah. It fucks her up. And then it cuts to a character named Rachel Keller. So here's our main character. And she's a reporter. And in this first scene of her, she's picking up her son from school. And the teacher's like, hey, can I talk to you for a moment? And she tells Rachel she's concerned because her son Aiden recently lost his cousin, who was Katie, who got, you know, killed by what we know as Samara. Mm -hmm. And the teacher is concerned because he's drawing Katie dead. So this is kind of a typical, like, oh, your kid's disturbed. He's drawing, like, really fucked up shit. But then Rachel tells the teacher, you know... She died three nights ago, and he's just processing. But then the teacher's like, "Uh, he drew those photos last week. Yeah. So one of my biggest problems with this movie, and maybe I'm talking about this too far in advance, but it kind of starts here for me is, and maybe we don't really need this, I guess, but like how and why. I, we know the why later, but I just mean, like, why does Aiden know all these things? What's the connection there? Already. Yeah. yeah. And you don't, also don't really know how. Is she a ghost? Is she a spirit? Is she a demon? Is she... I, there's just some questions there that we'll get into later, but this is where the problem starts for me. Yeah, I feel like there's a few things, and I'll talk about my part of it also later, but I feel like there's some things that kind of make it lose its rewatchability yeah. for this movie. Well, and then you start asking those fucking questions that are like, oh, well, yeah. that doesn't make any fucking sense. Exactly. So when you know the spooky imagery, what it is, and it's not going to scare you again because you've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, eh. Now, I haven't seen Ringu. 
the original mm-hmm. that this is based on. And usually the American remakes are either shot for shot. So you've basically seen yeah. it. And I'm not sure if it is. Or the, like, Japanese, Korean is better. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen Ringu in this case. But but Aiden that night is in bed worried about when he's going to die. And he told he said Katie told him when she was going to die. And then he says, good night, Rachel. And he calls his mom Rachel. Another thing you don't really understand, other than he's just kind of a creepy kid and maybe yeah. she's just not the best mom. I was going to say, it just makes you realize she's, kind she's of absent. a very good mom. Yeah, she's real absent. And you find out in here in a minute she's a reporter. She's probably working all the time. She's a single mom. And then he, you f- like, takes care of her a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like, the next day they're going to Katie's funeral and he lays out her shoes and her dress yeah. and he's, is putting on his own yeah. tie. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so it's like they want the mother that is overly concerned about her child and devastated when things are happening to her child, but then also can't be bothered at the same time because she's really self-absorbed. And Naomi Watts is the main actress, is the main character, and um, performance is okay. There were a couple lines I was like, really? But it wasn't, like, unwatchable or even necessarily bad the whole time. I was just like... That was not believable at all. (laughs) And maybe it's that rewatchability thing. And what Mm -hmm. I think is interesting is, and this is probably kind of annoying to listeners, so I apologize in advance, but we have not really had a good debate about a movie yet because we tend to agree on so many things. And that's not because I'm trying to save your feelings or anything. It's just kind of the way, I mean, we started this podcast because we have pretty similar opinions about horror and we liked to watch a lot of the same horror and so we don't have yeah, a lot it's of differing like we opinions were yelling yet. At each other in the office on no, this movie's amazing. No, this movie's shit. No, we was... haven't d- really disagreed on it. Mm-hmm. There have been a couple things where I'm like, ah, I disagree with you on that one thing, but for the most part, so sorry. This is we're always like, yeah, me too. But it, it just the way it is. So, you know, they go to the funeral. She's blowing in the ground, and then they're at her house. Like, yeah, you do. You know, it definitely for feels some reason, like the sixth sense a lot. Yes, for sure. For some reason, in our culture, you have to go eat food after you bury someone because you're definitely hungry <laughs> i don't know we did it when we buried my dad there was like a big whole lunch thing after and i think it's so people can like loosen up a little bit and talk about that person well, without yeah, it I being so weird, sad like, but what do you do afterwards so you might as well group together and eat because would you just go home would you just go back to work what exactly would you do? my friends took me to a chinese food buffet after we buried <laughs> my dad that's real dark though that is dark but at least your friends tried yeah, so, like, it's just kind of weird how we congregate to eat afterwards. But, mm-hmm. yeah, very sixth sense it's in her home. Very similar home, actually. This is where we find out that Rachel is a reporter. Mm-hmm. And because I believe this is her sister who lost Katie. Yeah. This is her daughter. Rachel is, you know, with her sister trying to console her, helping her do dishes. Because I don't know why people look at me like, let me do those dishes for you. You just lost your fucking kid. But right. she's doing dishes and so she goes to help her. And Rachel, Kate, excuse me, Katie's mom said, I saw her face. And she's like. And then it switches to her face. And, and it was really ooh. fucked up. Yeah, and poor mom, man. All the doctors are saying her heart just stopped. Um, and her mom's not buying it, obviously. Did you see her face? <laughs> yeah. And that's what she said. I saw her face. And it was very warped and blackened. And the eyes were kind of red, like almost bloody-ish. And it was just nasty. And so she asks Rachel to do some digging because that's what she does. She's a reporter. Yeah. She's a journalist. So she needs to, to ask around. So Rachel goes outside and is like playing that cool adult like, hey, teenagers, I'm going to smoke a cigarette with you. Talk about Which where I so used to awkward. go drink. Like, yeah, it doesn't really work. No. Well, I mean, they're kind of like, I'll tell you a little bit because this is a movie, but like. <laughs> exactly. But she finds out by talking to friends that Becca, the girl that was with Katie that night, is in a mental hospital because of what she experienced yeah. and saw. And she's trying to investigate and ask them questions. And one of the teens mentions that it was the videotape. And that's when she first hears about this tape. And they tell Rachel she had a boyfriend named Josh. And he's also dead by suicide the same night that Katie died. He killed himself. So then it cuts to Aiden wandering upstairs. And then Rachel finds him staring at Katie's tv which is off at this point but they're in katie's bedroom and i made a note here like he's a creepy ass kid like yeah like he's cute and like very like aware i suppose and he's really intelligent but also his creepiness doesn't really do much for me as far as the story goes yeah it's not like the sixth sense where you 
think he's he is a little creepy kid, but also at the same time he's sweet and you feel bad for him. Mm-mm. Honestly, this kid, you don't really feel bad for him. Yeah, no. You're just like, what are you doing? Why are you doing Can that? Can you not? Yeah. <laughs> so of course she steers Aiden out of the room and she's in Rachel or she's in Katie's room, so she finds these magazine clippings and pictures with all the faces of the female models scribbled out of them and also just pictures of her and her friends with faces scribbled out of them and an address for a like photo printing shop. Those were the days. <laughs> right. She some so I was thinking about this while I was watching. So many of these movies just would not work the way that they worked yeah. back then. Definitely. Like beepers and sh- there wasn't a beeper in this movie, but like there were like beepers and shit that were yes. creepy and like getting photos developed. It's a VHS, yeah. That she can play at home. Yeah, that yeah just doesn't happen nowadays. Mm-mm. No, it'd be a viral video like Momo, yeah. which happens <laughs> in Rings, I think, but. Yeah, I didn't see it. So yeah, I must not see it. It's probably on the list at some point. (laughs) So she goes to pick up these photos and she gets them developed and she sees pictures of Katie at a cabin and it's called the Shelter Mountain Inn and she's with her boyfriend and two other kids, two other friends. And go ahead. There is a thing. I don't know what the sign says right in the beginning, but I noticed the sign at the end and then I looked at trivia later on and on the sign it says something like no vacancy or whatever and... I don't know how to explain it. Later at the end, it basically tells you that the guy that owns these cabins, who's running it, that she gets the tape from and she talks to in the beginning, he's dead. Well, because it says closed until further notice. That's what it, that's yeah, what it says. I saw that too, but yes. I didn't notice it in it the beginning. It doesn't say it in the beginning. Yeah. And then you find, well, I mean, you can tell that he probably died because... He watched the tape because that's where she got it. Yes. Yeah. So she's noticing as she's going through these photos that the faces are warped. And she also, that night, does some research on the boyfriend and the two other friends who also died. And all of them died at exactly 10 p.m. Fuck that. Yeah. And she goes to the inn that they were at. And the innkeeper says they didn't want to pay. And they were loud and got some noise complaints. And she basically checks in and he shows her where he has these VHS tapes that you can take to your cabin. And there's this unmarked one. And, of course, she grabs it, she puts it in her purse, and she pays to stay in the same cabin, which is cabin 12. This is where I think the ring did some cool stuff. They have these shots mm-hmm. in this movie. And, like, that, the tree. There's the a tree. symbolic tree, and it kind of saturates the color in a weird way, shows these leaves, and they're almost fiery looking yeah. because of the way they're being shot with the light coming through them. So... This movie is a lot about imagery because the whole tape is just creepy imagery. Oh, it's beautiful looking. Oh, yeah. It is gorgeous. And yeah. Even, I love how, because this is set in America, but even yeah. when they're in her apartment, that the high-rise apartment, these skyscrapers, honestly, it feels kind of Japanese. Japanese. Yeah, I agree. It feels like they would live in those high-rise apartments where we maybe aren't used to it in suburbia here. Right. So things like that were pretty cool. Yeah. And then, of course, she watches the tape and... If you have seen The Ring, you know this tape is just full of all this weird, disturbing imagery. Mm-hmm. There's a ring of light. There is blood in this rushing water. There is a chair sitting in the middle of the room. Some dude swallowing a centipede. There, Yep, there's a house, and there's maggots, and there's a tree on fire, and a beach, and a woman leaping off a cliff and a well, and then it cuts to static. And there are some other things kind of in between, yeah. but those are the main like takeaways. and stuff. Exactly. And... It causes the phone to ring and a girl whispers, seven days, you know, because that that's pretty iconic with this movie. That started a lot of shit, but mostly scary movie is what it started. (laughs) (laughs) So Rachel runs out of the cabin and then it cuts to it says Thursday, day one. So now she's on a countdown. Yes. And Aiden is making his own lunch. So this is really where you see, you know, he, he's like, I'm going to school. And she's just like, not even caring. She's just like doing all this research on her bed. And he's like making his own lunch. And he's like, bye, mom. I guess I'll fucking fuck off to school. Like, so, yeah, she's just not very attentive no. to him. Luckily, she has a pretty self-sufficient kid. But what I if mean, she did I mean, you can didn't? tell she was probably like a real young mom when he well, was born. Well, and they say, and... yeah. Because he's like, what, 10 yeah. something and in I this movie. And I know sometimes you get to be more friends when you're that young. Yeah. So, maybe. I don't know. She's yeah. not very good. No. And I made a note. He's being the responsible adult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Rachel takes the photo and a tape to a friend's house. And this friend's name is Noah. And, you know, she shows him the warped photo and she's like, here, take a picture of me. And he takes her picture and her face is warped in the same way that the kids were warped. And she tells him that 
he shouldn't watch the tape. And th- Noah doesn't believe anything she's saying. He, sh- he, do- he doesn't believe that those four kids are dead because of this tape. And so, of course, he watches it. They all died the same exact night, same That's exact time. spooky as shit. I, okay, even if somebody was like, this tape is really fucked up and creepy, there have been things on the internet that go viral that are like, ooh, this is scary. And I'm like nope no thank you mostly just because i think it's gonna be misleading and something's gonna pop out at me at the end and usually it's reagan from the exorcist and usually my soul leaves my body when i see her (laughs) just pop up at me unexpectedly and then less and less of it come back every time so i don't fuck with that shit and i wouldn't fuck with this shit i'd be like Mm -mm. no if you really think i shouldn't watch it i'll trust you i won't watch it exactly and this is actually a cool apartment shot. There's a lot of dark color saturation. A lot of this movie is very blue. Yeah. Uh, blues and green yeah. tones and gray tones, which I simulates the, the early mood. 2000s that they did it's that. It's very was like early 2000s. It throughout, throughout an early 2000s movie. Yes, 100%. Like, it definitely reminds me a lot of off topic but like harry potter movies each movie had its own color if yeah. you really think about it it's like mm-hmm. this one was green or this one was blue or and this was very much like almost that. like they put just like a slight filter on yes. it to make it that and this one is very blue mm-hmm. and i think that's an indicative of like the mood they were going for and the tone they were right. trying to set and so noah comes out to the balcony because she walks out because she of course doesn't want to watch this fucking tape again and so noah comes out to the balcony where she is and then the phone rings and she doesn't answer it and the ring stops and rachel tells him it takes a week for them to die and she wants to know who made it and where did it come from and he asks for a copy so he can investigate so he leaves and back inside she has a voicemail and she just deletes it back at her office as a journalist she makes a copy of the tape and watches it again And Noah says the tape, when she brings it to him, has issues and it's impossible because it doesn't have a control track and he has no idea how it got recorded. So he's basically saying kind of like serial numbers, things that are recorded on like camcorders and things like that are trackable. And this one is not. Two things about this scene. Yeah. Okay. Number one, when she's trying to move the screen or move the videotape and then she fucking breaks it because she's like, let me do it. This is literally what he does for a fucking living. Let him fucking do it. I don't understand why you're being a bitch about this right now. Yeah. Two. So this is where someone's going to, someone's going to come for me, but (laughs) this is where it loses its rewatchability for me because she's safe by day two. So why the fuck is Samara messing with her so much? Yeah. Because the whole thing, I mean, we're going to the end, but I'm sure most people have seen it is you have to make a copy of it and you have to have someone else watch it. She has already had Noah watch it, and she makes a copy. She's safe. I didn't think about that. Maybe because you'd think that she just wants to send a message, but at the end, you know, she doesn't really give a fuck about her message. Exactly. So, I don't know. I mean. Maybe it fucks with you for seven days, but lets you live. Maybe she's going to have her fun with you for seven days, and then you get to live. I don't. Maybe. I didn't think about that. My biggest, I don't know, like, I just. I probably wouldn't make a copy of it if it was supposed to kill people. That just seems irresponsible. Granted, it saves her life, but, like, she feels guilty enough that Noah watched it. And so she's just going to make copies of that to just be out in the world. Yeah. Which doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know. So. She, that whole scene pisses me off. And, you know, they're analyzing the tape and he says he can't see a camera in the mirror. So all these things are trying to, are, are getting weird. Just a thought. Yeah. I just thought it, well, I wrote it down, but I just remembered that I thought of it. Do you think that they could just, like, make copies and watch them back and forth over and over again? Like, make I a don't copy know, maybe. and ha- you watch it and make a copy and have your son watch it and then just go back and forth forever? Maybe it depends on how smart Samara is, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> and that's something that, like, a lot of these movies, especially in the early 2000s, you kind of have to take what you get and not really question it too much. Yeah. Because if you start to do that, it starts to fall apart. And that's not really why this movie was made. It wasn't made for you to sit there and question its existence yeah. it was made for entertainment value for an hour and a half of your life to give you some scares this sucks because like paranormal and psychological horror movies like that's what i do with them yeah that's what i like to do with them it's not right. like a slasher where you just know it's about gore and it's you can just, just what it, it is yeah like that's that's what i feel like this movie is supposed to be about is have you questioning it and yeah. then i question it and it falls apart and i'm like damn it well and my thought too was so she starts she wants to figure out where this tape is from so she goes to visit becca in the mental hospital to ask how katie died and she asks if she mentioned a videotape and becca says you'll find out she'll show you not right now four days she takes the tape to this like high-tech place to basically dissect it and look at some of the details 
off the screen and she's able to like move the screen and yeah. finds a lighthouse that she can barely see and then she also sees a fly and is able to pull it out of the screen and then she gets a nosebleed which I'm fine with. What is confusing to me where this movie kind of starts to fall apart for me is she goes to investigate this lighthouse and it's in the first fucking book she looks at and she's got this stack and I know it's because it's a movie and I'm trying to let that die right there but it's just hard for me like you saw this one tiny little black and white VHS quality clip of this random ass fucking lighthouse and then all of a sudden you found it and good good it's fantastic it's fucking close you can take a ferry to it so that's where I have that's where this movie starts to unravel for me and kind of makes me go eh not really into it because they just didn't do enough plot development in my opinion exactly you know like how how are you able to find all this information from this really vague tape and just finding this little lighthouse you know i get that you know anna morgan is in the tape and we see her newspaper clippings but the how we got there is just way too perfect no one would be able to do that especially in like three day three or four days Eh, like I it's okay I guess if you just want to look at it at a surface level but this is one of those movies where I didn't enjoy it enough to just let it live and so I feel bad nitpicking because I didn't really particularly love it I didn't I don't hate this movie by any Mm -hmm. means but when I can start like questioning and being like that would never fucking happen a million years well neither would Samara I get that but also let's just say you were in that situation to be able to find such a rare random little tiny sliver of information and then build your entire fucking case on it and it be accurate is a lot of chance here that is not very believable but if again if you don't really care about that and it's something you can just watch for entertainment i can let that live and the movie's fine like you know it just kind of depends on how deep you want to go and how far you want to look into the ring because if you do that Eh. But I feel like if you don't look into it, then it loses its rewatchability even more because then you're seeing the same scary quote unquote things over and over again. And yeah. they're kind of not that scary once you watch them over and over again. Right. Without some sort of context. Yeah. So it's a uh, Mosco, Moisco Island. I didn't quite catch, catch the pronunciation. I apologize, but is where the lighthouse is. And she finds a web page for a historical society and finds the woman in the mirror of the film. So she finds this random lighthouse, finds this island, finds a picture of the historical society that the woman in the tape happened to be a part of and happens to be a picture of her in this random fucking newspaper clipping that she just happened to find Yeah. on this, like, ancient Google. You know, like, yeah. Eh, meh, meh, meh. Okay. Um, at the very least, at least they show you the process, I guess. It's just still kind of a stretch of a process. And she finds in this book of new newspapers that a sickness struck all the Morgan's horses and they would turn them drowned. And she finds that the woman killed herself and jumped off a cliff and she was in a county psychiatric hospital. That's a lot of fucking information from a couple of newspaper articles. Right. And a random book in the library. I guess HIPAA wasn't around. Guess not. <laughs> no, it wasn't. 1997. <laughs> HIPAA, I think 1997. It's because you're the HIPAA no, sheriff. You should know I that. am. 1996 or 1997, <laughs> HIPAA became a law. I am your HIPAA compliance sheriff. So. <laughs> At a convenience store, Noah sees in the security camera footage that his face is distorted like the photos. And then all of a sudden, after not believing us at all and it's being bullshit, Noah's like, oh, fuck. She right. <laughs> and so Rachel gets home and lets the babysitter leave. And Rachel calls a woman named Ruthie and asks her to watch Aiden while she goes upstate for a few days. And this is kind of also where you get a glimpse that she's absent a lot because she just has this lady. Yeah. Ruthie, I need you to watch Aiden for a couple days. And she's like, I really? Like, really? Yeah. She's like, just two days, I promise. And she's like, oh. But then before she can even, like, continue to get her sentence out, she starts choking and she pulls this long black hair out of her mouth. And then there's, like what well, looks like, like an, an electrode or something yeah something that you would mm-hmm. stick to somebody's body is like a sensory kind of thing and then she walks down the hallway and sees aiden's door opened that she had closed and she looks in and she sees a girl with long black hair sitting on a chair in the middle of the room and it grabs her shows her a room and then she wakes up with a handprint on her arm so a lot of these like possession or supernatural movies use the same i'm not gonna say gimmick because sometimes it can be really creepy yeah. but of feeling something in a dream nightmare on the street seemed to start this Mm -hmm. and then waking up and it being a reality and that's what happens here she wakes up with a bruise on her arm 
And then Aiden is watching the tape. And this part really pissed me off. She walks in as Aiden has finished it. And she's like, why, baby? Why? Why did you do that? You left a fucking VHS tape laying around. A kid's going to want to watch fucking TV. What did you think? Exactly. He was like, hey, what's this? You know what we do for kids? We hide sharp objects. We hide knives. We hide guns. We fucking hide matches. We hide the snacks we don't want them to eat. Exactly. If a tape can kill you and your kid, as smart as Aiden is, wants to watch a fucking movie, he's going to pop in a VHS tape. Mm -hmm. Don't be yelling at him why he did it because he's a fucking kid and he wanted to watch TV in the middle of the night. Yep. Fuck. That just... mm. I know that it was emotional and she's like, why? No, like you're going to (laughs) die. But I was also like, don't be a stupid bitch. (laughs) I digress. (laughs) And then the phone rings and of course she, you know, she picks up and she hangs up and then someone calls back and it's Noah and he tells her... You know, he's like, I believe you about the tape. And then he's like, he watched it, Noah. He watched it. And Noah's like, who? And she's like, our son. And you're like, <laughs> So Noah is Aiden's absent father. And she's so just friends. Yeah, she's just fucking friends with this dad that wants nothing to do with this kid. And she's like, that's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Like, I, we were young. It's fine. You can just be a dude and not have to fuck with any of this. I got it. Like, one day when we start doing youtube our facial expressions are going to be the best part of this whole thing (laughs) so tuesday day six so in the car with noah and aiden is this scene we find out that aiden doesn't really know his dad shocker he tells him he doesn't really care if he's around more so noah's like do you want me around more and he's like i don't care because Aiden's the parent, so why does he care? Yeah. And he tells Aiden he wouldn't make a good father, but he doesn't really want else to do it either. And Aiden's like, well, that's a conundrum. <laughs> I was like, your kid's schooling you on both <laughs> words and parental behavior. <laughs> and then Rachel goes, she's going through Katie's notebook and sees all the drawings of what she was seeing in her head about the little girl. And talking about Anna, Rachel says on one side, she's talking to Noah, there's this happy married horse breeder. And then all of a sudden she ends up in this psychiatric hospital and like commits suicide. And so she's like, oh, there's a mystery to be solved here. I'm fucking Scooby doing it up. <laughs> Rachel tells Noah it has something to do with horses. Which obviously because you read a whole article about all our horses just deciding to drown themselves exactly so noah and rachel make up a plan to figure out what's happening and noah is going to go to the psych hospital and find out what he can about anna and then rachel gets on a ferry to see like where she lived and go to the house because she just knows where that is and you can just in horror movies walk into people's houses no problem and (laughs) while she's on the ferry she's reading another article about anna being injured and it mentions something about her daughter and Rachel's like, daughter. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so Rachel turns around and sees a horse in a trailer. This scene pissed me off, too. Poor horse. Not because of what happened to the horse. Yes, terrible. We hate animal deaths here. Awful. <laughs> Got it. But she goes to touch it and it gets scared of her. And it's getting more and more freaked out as long as she stands there. Walk away from the fucking horse. Exactly. Don't keep trying to touch. Especially a horse. That motherfucker's big. I know it's in yeah. a trailer, but she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just walk away. Like it if the horse. understand what you're saying. If the horse is like, <laughs> maybe just like, okay, dude, I'm walking okay. away. Okay. Yeah, we get, I'm just going to go back over here. You were fine. But no, she keeps egging it on and egging it on and egging it on until it breaks out. And there's this whole chase scene with this horse and nobody can get it because it's a fucking horse. Like <laughs> if it doesn't want to stop, nobody's going to fucking make it stop on the, on the fucking boat. Yeah. And so it jumps over the the ferry side you know into the ocean and the the runner yeah goes over it and you see the blood spit out from the back of the ferry which was terrible and i hated it because it did a lot of zooming in on the horse's eyes and it just it really sucked just walk away i don't understand so cut to noah at the hospital and he walks in demanding to see records he says she's been dead for 24 years and she won't mind well hipaa is a thing Uh in 2002 and uh so they're like no and he's like oh i've seen him i've been up there and and the cop or the the orderly i mean is like well that's funny because those records are downstairs and he's like "Mm." so he was just trying to get the orderly to tell him where the records were he would be shit out of luck though because now everything's electronic and dude right (laughs) but 24 years ago it wasn't so i'll give him that so he sees he's wandering these hallways below this hospital and he sees a fly on the door that indicates to him hey in here because flies just are now 
messengers. <laughs> and Rachel goes to Anna's old home and knocks on the door. And she finds her husband, Mr. Morgan, and he knows she wants to know about the horses. And he tells her most of them drown themselves by running through the fence and into the water. And maybe they could sense things that we can't is what he's saying. And he says, I don't breed anymore. That part of my life is over. Like, fuck off, basically. And then, of course, she's in the, the house and she sees the mirror in the hallway wall that's in the tape. And she takes out the tape and tells him that she thinks the VHS tape is a message from Anna. And his whole demeanor changes. Like, he wasn't super welcoming in the first place. But mm-hmm. now he's definitely yeah. like, oh, shit. And he gets spooked and asks where she got it and if that was the only one. And she's like, I made a copy. And he immediately changes the subject and he says he can't help her and that he doesn't have a daughter and tells her to leave. And then cut to Noah finding Anna's records and his nose starts bleeding on it. And he finds out in her medical records, um, you know, it's talking about a lot about conception and miscarriage in 1965. And he pulls out these x-ray images they look like but they're of a tree and some kind of spooky drawings like a rocking horse and shit that they only bring up one other time and it doesn't really do much for us here but he also finds something about a child that the father asks to stop psychiatric sessions with and rachel calls aiden and he tells her that he drew the house because the little girl told him to so before we get to to the scene we're at now aiden has been drawing things and he drew the morgan's house yeah. And yeah. But he tells her she doesn't like it in the barn. She lives in a dark place now. So he knows things about Samara that's. I mean, he watched the tape, but even before that, he yeah. knew things about Samara. Just like Becca did. You know, Katie's which friend in the psychiatric hospital. How? Like, just because they were around it, like, they didn't watch it. So is it like a rubs off on you kind I of thing? Like- Becca makes a little bit more sense because she we don't saw it. We don't know what. Like, yeah, maybe she actually saw Samara kill her friend. Like, yeah, that will fuck you up. Yeah, of course. But Aiden has been talking about this shit even before his cousin died. So what? The, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know, dude. Rachel is now at this doctor's office, and this is the only doctor on the island. And she asks if she knew the Morgan daughter, and she tells the doctor she and her son are seeing images of the little girl. And the doctor says she hasn't heard anyone say that in a long time. So people on the island are like yeah she's a creepy bitch and people just sometimes hallucinate her (laughs) that's just like a thing and the doctor says they tried to have a baby the morgans did but they they couldn't and they tried for a long time and they went away one winter and just randomly came back with a baby named samara and then she's pretty name. yeah anna started seeing things in her head and it only happened when she was around samara and the doctor referred them to the psychiatric hospital and she assumes that samara is still at the hospital but she doesn't know this is a small town. She fucking knows. She's the doctor that referred her. She fucking knows. She fucking knows. And if she doesn't, she's like the worst doctor or follow-up ever. Right. Ever. And ever since Samara has been gone, things in the island, just as a whole, have been much better. And then it cuts to Noah, and he goes to watch the video session of Samara because he finds yeah. things in the file. And so he goes to get it, and the clerk in the, like, video records area... <laughs> He's the best part of the movie. Just yeah. This little part. The clerk lets him, but when he gets, you know, he's like, oh, I'm Richard Morgan. And he's like, bitch, no, you're not. <laughs> exactly. I know you're not. But if you keep this between us, whatever. <laughs> you know I'm not stupid, right? Yeah. And so he opens the, to see what the VHS tape is and the VHS is gone. And the last person to see it was Richard Morgan. Oh, but, it was you. <laughs> yeah. And then Rachel goes back to the Morgan house at night. She fucking goes back, even though he slammed the door in her face. And knocks, and then she just opens the door. And so many horror movies. They're just like, hello? Okay, no answer. I'm coming in. Like, fuck off, dude. But even worse, she goes in and finds another random tape. And you need to stop watching tapes, girl. Random fucking tape. I mean, I guess if you think. didn't hurt anything. I guess if you think you're already going to die the next day, like, eh, what's another one going to (laughs) do? And so she's wandering around the house, sees the mirror in the hallway again, and she finds Samara's birth certificate. She's going through files and a centipede falls out of it. And the tape that Noah is looking for is actually in the house with Richard. And she watches it, like you just said. And they put her in a chair and wire her up, which is the chair you keep seeing in this tape. And it's in the middle of this empty room. And before that, you see her standing in her bedroom as hours are just ticking by. Like she she's not going sleep. to sleep. No, she does not sleep. 
and they ask her why and she doesn't answer them and they ask her about the pictures that look like those x-rays that we saw earlier and they ask how she made them and she says she doesn't make them she sees them and then they just are they tell her she has to tell the truth and she basically she's like i want to see my mommy and they tell her the only way she's basically going to be able to see her mommy is when they find out what's wrong with her and she says she loves her mommy and she's sorry but it won't stop she says her daddy is going to leave her there her daddy doesn't want to help her and he loves the horses more he wants me to go away she says and then mr morgan while rachel's watching this is in the background and he like hits her over the head with something and then he starts saying like she's never going to whisper in my ear again starts saying some creepy stuff and rachel yells what did you do to her you killed her didn't you and he says his wife was never supposed to have a child and then he goes into this bathroom and there's water all over the floor and he's got like every electronic they own okay can i say something really crude here he's so intent on dying he's a fucking farmer he's got guns He's going through a lot to kill himself yes. and electrocute himself like that. Well, it's because they got to bring the, the horse bridle stuff into yeah, it. Yeah, because he does put a bridle in his mouth. Yeah. and But I was just like, mm, that's kind of extra. But it does make it for a decent scene, I thought. You know, yeah. it, was, it was fine. He says, uh, now the whispers are coming at night and she'll never stop. And then Rachel coming to the house proves she'll never stop. And he commits suicide. But before he does, he tells her that her son will die. Aiden will die. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel remembers her son. And so... <laughs> Good mom. Good mom. Yeah. Well, I mean, she remembers that Aiden says that Samara doesn't like the barn. <laughs> and they go to the barn and they see that ladder that you've also been seeing in the tape. And then it goes up to a loft. And that's basically where they the isolated her. The ladder that has ever existed on this planet. Yes. And that's where they, or Richard Morgan, isolated her. He put her up in that loft, took the ladder down so she couldn't get mm-hmm. down. And they see that it was, you know, she had toys and a TV and her mother was going crazy and Mr. Morgan blamed her. So he kept her in the loft. And then they find something behind the wallpaper and see a tree burned into the wood behind it. And Rachel says she's seen the tree before and it's at Shelter Mountain. So I'm assuming this tree thing came up after she died to show people like where she died. But I don't really know. Yeah, I don't get it either. Yeah. Like the timeline on that. Yeah. And so now we're in day seven and they go to the Shelter Mountain Inn again. And Noah says they were led there, but Rachel says they're too late and it doesn't fucking matter. And they're in this cabin 12 again. And Rachel says, Noah, you you know, you have to help him survive. I'm going to be dead. And then Noah's like, no, there's a reason that we're here. And he gets all pissed off and he knocks some random beads that were in a vase off. And they all kind of congregate on the floor in a spot and they pull the rug back and see these markings on the floor kind of rotted wood Mm -hmm. almost because it's wet and then noah takes an axe to it because he just has an axe the people that own this lodge are just putting axes in all the cabins oh for sure yeah so they find a well under the floor and a bunch of shit flies out of it and then the tv falls and into rachel and knocks her into the well and when rachel's in the well she sees these this was awful this these nail scratches and even finds a fingernail Mm -hmm. in the wall of the well And then she sees black hair float up and she grabs at it. And then she gets a vision of Samara standing next to the well. And her mom, Samara's mom, comes up behind her and says, isn't it beautiful here, Samara? So peaceful. I know things will get better. And then she fucking puts a bag over her head to suffocate her and throws her in the well. (laughs) Or lets her, like, fall right in. She's like, things are about to get better because I'm about to kill the fuck out of this kid. Like, (laughs) I'm about to sleep so much better. I'm about to get out of this fucking hospital. Like, just kill the kid. It's fine. You see the Samara looks up because she doesn't die from the bag going over her head. And she looks up and the top of the well is being closed. And you see just the ring of sunlight, which is where we get the ring. Which is a terrifying concept. Honestly, it is. That is horrible. Because, you know, in a couple scenes here, you find she was down there for seven days. And that's why it's seven days. She was down there for a fucking week in this water. And I can't imagine, like, you know, staying in the fucking bath or pool or something too long makes your skin hurt. Yeah. Like, after hours and hours, like, just imagine being wet that long, it being dark that long. But they're basically already saying that she's a little crazy, and I feel like seven days down there in the dark with nothing but a ring of light by yourself it kind of make you even more insane. I was about to say, and it reminds me, because, well, I'm going to go through the scene real quick, and then I'm going to come back to that thought. So Rachel comes up, and she starts to look for Samara's body, and the body floats up to her, and it's in perfect untouched condition and she strokes at the face and then it just of course melts into a skeleton in the dress because it has decomposed and noah yells in that it's past sunset and so rachel lets the body sink again because 
you know, it's past sunset. She survived. So she thinks that Samara just needed someone to know what happened to her. And she's yeah. just been trying to reach out and show that her mother killed her and that she died in this well. And all that would be like a typical, like ghost with unfinished business, killing people because they're angry. And then the resolve being at right. the end. And then the cops come and they say they will bury her next week. And Rachel says that, you know, Anna wanted a child more than anything in the world. How could she have done that? And Noah says, I can't imagine being stuck in a well like that. How long can you survive? And then Rachel says, seven days. Yeah. You can survive seven days. Okay. Here is, we're not done yet because this does kind of have a twist ending, but here is my issue because in the, these next scenes, you know, Rachel's going home and Aiden's like, what happened to Samara? And is she still in the dark place? And Rachel says, no, she's not. And Aiden's like, you're not supposed to help her. Why did you help her? And he's freaking out. And he says, don't you understand, Rachel? She never sleeps. And then it cuts to Noah working and we get this really yeah. the only like really scary scene and he lifts his coffee up and there's a ring, mm-hmm. you know, of liquid. And then his TV comes on and he turns it off, but it comes on again and it's the well. And then Rachel is panicking because she realizes this, this isn't over. And he's, you know, and she realizes she's like, I made a copy. That's why I'm alive. Yeah. Like, I made a fucking copy. And she just wants her message to be heard. Yeah. So you have to make copies. And, of course, she doesn't get to Noah quick enough because Samara fucking crawls out of the TV mm. towards Noah. And that's when you get the creepy contortion shots and the shot of the eye. And then, of course, Noah Gross. dies. And then Rachel walks into his loft and the TV is on with the static. The floor is wet and bloody where he left handprints as he was crawling away because he knocked some stuff over and he fell over some glass and he's in a chair and she wheels him around and his face is all fucked up and she screams. You don't see his face though. She just screams. And Rachel leaves. She's that this is when she's like, what do you want from me? And screams at the VHS tape and she tries to burn it. And she's like, why not me? What did I do that he didn't? And she looks, sees the copy that she slid Mm -hmm. under the couch and she's like, I made a copy. She just wants to be heard. And then she takes Aiden to make a copy of the tape. And then Aiden asks what happened to the person that we show it to. What happens to them when we show it to them? And then it ends. All right. So here's the point that I was trying to come to. And then I just finished the walkthrough. But, you know, the grudge tells you that a grudge is born because a person is dies in fury or extreme sorrow. Yeah. What is Samara? Uh-huh. I, I just have so many questions like what and why and maybe this is not a question that needs to be answered but it bothers me because why was she talking to Aiden before mm-hmm. was it because she was so close with Katie or he was so close with Katie and things were happening to Katie and it's just kind of things that happen around people like I just don't understand some of it like what was Samara because like you said okay let's just say a curse was born because she was killed by her mother and had to stay in this well for seven days and it was awful and horrible and, and whatever but she wasn't sleeping before that. As soon as her mom got her, she started having these weird hallucinations. And so what was she? You mm-hmm. don't get that. You just know they got some random baby from somewhere. Exactly. You don't have any backstory. No. And and maybe that's what the movie wanted. And I'm not, like, necessarily faulting it for that. It's just as far as, like, docking points, I suppose you could say. But it bothered me because, like, I really wanted to know, like, what is she? Mm-hmm. You know, we know what the grudge is. We know usually what demons are, spirits are, angry spirits, things like that. But what is she? How did this tape get made? I just have so many questions that are unanswered in this movie. And again, maybe that's fine. But I just wish that I had answers about what exactly Samara is. And But I'm not including the information you get in the ring, too. Um, yeah, I don't really remember the ring, too. Yeah, so that that's just... We're just looking at the ring yeah. as it is without knowing anything about the sequels or anything there. Or uh, rings or anything like yeah. that. So that is just looking at the American 2002, the ring. It's just kind of like, why yeah. and how is my biggest question. And what happens when VHSs are obsolete and nobody has a VCR? <laughs> Does she just stop? Mm-hmm. Like, they say she'll never stop, but what if nobody watches her tape anymore because nobody can play it? Does she make a DVD? Exactly. And we transfer it to Blu-ray? Like, I just don't, you know, which is not something that the 2002 ring could have predicted. I'm not faulting it for that. It's just kind of an interesting thought. But yeah, meh. Let's see what you got, though. Like, what makes this movie interesting, if you will? I literally only have one piece of trivia, so it doesn't make it that interesting. Oh, okay. okay. But um, the tree with the fiery red leaves... It's a Japanese maple, and the fruit from that tree is called a Samara. That makes sense. So, I thought that was kind of cool, but that's yeah. that's literally all I have. Well, 
you know, I lo- I know a lot of people that like this movie and maybe that has to do with nostalgia and maybe we're not giving it enough credit. Maybe it's just not my kind of horror movie. I don't really know. I just, I had a lot of questions that were unanswered. I had a lot of problems with the plot and how things unfolded and how it just asked you to buy into so much without really it being plausible. Mm-hmm. And horror does that a lot. I think a lot more than, well, romantic movies do it too. Like, oh, how did they just end up meeting 12 years later at the same fucking spot? It doesn't really matter that much. It's just one of those things where if I don't like a movie enough to to, to be like, okay, fine. Yeah. And that's just one of these movies for me. And it's fine. I'd probably give it like a two and a half. I keep giving halves. But like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's good enough for a three. But I don't think it's bad enough for a two. So I'd probably go on the two side of a two and a half for yeah. me. I'd probably go on the three side. Only yeah. Because at least I get a little bit of the creepy at the end. And Japanese horror just gets to me. Because essentially yeah. it all comes down to things you can't outrun. You cannot... Yeah. If you watch this tape, I mean, you can move it on to someone else, but you're not outrunning Samara. It's like it follows. You, <laughs> it follows. Freaks me out. You can't outrun it. The grudge. You Once you're in that house, you can't do anything about it. Even, I'm, we'll get to it eventually, but Shudder was also a Japanese remake, and it's all about, I mean, spoiler, but a woman dies and then she follows this man everywhere to yeah. back to America and You know everything. what? I think that one, I'm not trying to correct you. But it's relevant. I think it's Korean. Oh, okay. Because I actually, my friend Aaron, I've talked about him before. I don't even know if he remembers this. He just found this Korean shutter before the American one came out and brought it to my house. Mm -hmm. And we watched this and I was so enthralled by it that I did research. And that's why I think I remember that it's Korean. Well, the Asian horror movies. Yeah. I've never actually seen the American shutter. Just the Korean one. I'll, and it's spooky as hell. Well, that'll be cool because I've yeah. only seen the American one. It's spooky, and it's spooky as shit. As hell. And see, that's why I'm like the ring because I, I buy into the grudge completely. I buy into Juwan. And that's why I'm like, it's not that this just isn't my type of horror. This just wasn't my movie for this type of horror yeah. for me. Because, like you said, Shudder was good for me. The grudge was good for me. And similar movies. And so I'm assuming if you watch the Japanese original to this movie, maybe you get some more context of how, what this is, maybe. how it happened. I and think a lot I've of seen Ringu like once ever, but yeah. I do not remember it. Yeah. And maybe uh, in a lot of these, let's say just Asian, Korean, Japanese, if you will, horror films are born out of some sort of bad emotion or curse yeah so maybe that's what samara is and maybe. it just i mean in the american version maybe it's like oh they don't really need to know that let's just give them the creepy give them the story let's give them the build up and... yeah and or maybe ah, they'll watch ringu or like it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter and it doesn't to a lot of people and that's totally fine and i respect that i don't think that anybody that enjoys this movie is different intelligence level it just it you yeah. know because we watch a girl on youtube her channel is called possessed by horror this is her favorite horror movie yeah ever and she says it gets to her every time that's cool that's great like she also says that creepy girls creep her out right like eyes creep me out and faces creep you out she's got her thing so if there's someone out there with that thing, any demon possession movie whether it is an a plus movie like the exorcist or an f minus movie like i saw like a random one on netflix one time that i don't even remember what it was called would still scare me yeah so if this is your thing you get some creepy you know Mm -hmm. black hair in the face shots of the eyes some contortion and the story's not terrible if you can overlook the the parts where they're like just figuring all this random shit out that there's no fucking way yeah i get that she's a journalist and that's her thing but that just seems so far-fetched to me to do in such a short amount of time exactly it's not the fact that you can't figure it out but the short amount of time is kind of like she figured out that lighthouse where they lived all about anna morgan about her daughter the light yeah well also one day basically she's gonna die in seven like she knows this and she's just not with spending any time with her child like you know exactly like you're gonna die in seven days and you're just like yeah whatever I guess she's trying to stop it, but she's also not putting anything in place for if she doesn't make it. Like, right before she dies, she's like, Noah, you gotta help Aiden. What is he supposed to do? He's just gonna die the day after you. Ten minutes before she dies, she's saying this. Yeah. He's an afterthought. So, you know, just take it with a grain of salt and enjoy it for what it is would be my advice. You know, don't overanalyze. Or if you enjoy overanalyzing, overanalyze the fuck out of it. Like, it's an easy one to be like, "Mm, meh. Mm -hmm. That, That seems pretty... that's that's a reach there you know and maybe it's just as we continue to watch these and become a i'm not gonna say jaded towards horror at all because i love it but just a little bit more aware of writing and storyline and plot holes and it's more just about 
we're, we don't go in looking for those things, but I think the more, the more, the more you watch, especially within the same genre, and then you spend an hour talking about these things, they just become more apparent. Like, you know, a year ago, me would have never mentioned color saturation or cinematography or bad writing even, unless it was like in my face, like this is fucking yeah. ginger dead man writing. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, if you're a horror fan, an avid horror fan, and you don't have the nostalgia to go on and you're watching this for the first time, you might be kind of like, eh, didn't really do much for me. But if this is something you've watched for a long time and you love it, then mm-hmm. it's great. I mean, it's great for that. Just not for me. Well, thanks for hanging out with us on this kind of negative review episode. Not that, like I said, yeah. we didn't hate it. And there will be a time, and I know what it's going to be when we don't agree on a movie. So it's coming. <laughs> um, or maybe a book, I should say. Yeah, there's one coming where we read the book and i'm like it's amazing and you're like this fucking sucks shit wasting my time (laughs) yeah so that'll be interesting because we'll finally have a maybe Mm -hmm. even a debate or at least a "Mm, i think you're wrong or i don't know this is how i felt about it so it's coming that'll be the end of the exorcist right there (laughs) we lasted a year (laughs) but we didn't miss an upload (laughs) but in the meantime we'd love for you to come hang out with us on our social media accounts you can find us on facebook and instagram at the exorcisters podcast you can find us on twitter at the exorcisters you can find us on our website at exorcisters.com and if you have any comments movies you'd like to recommend for us to review or just anything in general if creepy stories are always welcome we always love to read them when we drink and record happy hours even if they're out of uh, category please send them into the exorcisters at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you and we're gonna be with you twice this week and fridays will never be the same till then stay creepy seven days